Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. So it is true, it's my birthday. I I got a text message this morning at 7 asking me what I was going to do special on my birthday. And I said, today... I plan to only do the things I love the best, and I only plan to hang out with the people that mean the most to me. Thank you for being here today. I really do love this. I hope you don't mind me taking pleasure in my job. (laughs) So anyway, uh, this week we're finishing up our work in Humankind, Brad Aronson's book, with the idea of kindness as being both a spiritual principle and a spiritual practice. But the idea I think I, I should describe best by explaining the first trip that I ever had with my first boyfriend. So my first boyfriend had a friend that was in the travel agency business at the time, and he planned a lovely vacation for us to go to the Bahamas and stay in one of those fancy beachfront hotels. And I have to say, I was a little bit wowed by even the prospect of it. Although I'd been out of the country before, it's like, does Canada count? And uh, (laughs) anyway, it just seemed pretty fabulous to me. So we get there in the hotel Oh my gosh, you would think you were showing up at, I don't know, Cinderella's Castle or something. I mean, it was one of those beachfront properties that, I mean, you see them in magazines all the time. It was fabulous. We're checked in and they take us up there. And, well, it was interesting, the idea of it being an ocean view room. Let me just put it that way. So there were kind of two towers in this magnificent place. And then there was this kind of stubby little building in between the two towers. If you think of two giant dominoes and you're sort of in the middle and the beach is down there, you kind of had an ocean view. And oh, my boyfriend was so upset. You know, we're paying X amount of money and it's supposed to be an ocean view. And what kind of treatment was this? And oh my gosh, he stormed out of the room down, down to take care of things. But I'm looking around this was actually a really nice room. What probably originally was the real hotel that was built maybe in the 40s or 50s and then they put the towers up, the room was big and it had a giant balcony. I mean, it had a balcony that was almost as big as the room. And the first thing that I noticed too, we were away from the world's noisiest elevators. Those two towers had banks of elevators that made the most amazing noise, we were nowhere near that. And so while he's gone, I'm thinking, this is actually kind of nice. Well, long story short, we ended up staying in that room. As it happened, there weren't any of the what they called the premium ocean view rooms, right? So there was actually a different class of room. There were ocean view rooms, which was ours. And there were premium ocean view rooms, which were in the towers. And so uh, I got to tell you, though, after being there for about 10 days, we lucked out. For one thing, how much we were in our room while we're in the Bahamas anyway. 
think about it. We were out in the ocean. We were at the beach. We were on cruises. It was really the best deal. Now I ask you, how often has it been that your initial reaction to a set of facts leads you in one direction only to discover that there's a very different story that you can tell about exactly the same set of facts. And the reason I think that this particular section of the book is so important to us right now is are not we presented with an interesting set of facts about what's going on in the world. Facts of uh, viruses, facts of quarantines, facts of political unrest, facts of violence in our own city, facts of gun shootings, and I mean, the list could go on. I, I could, if I wanted to do the bad news story instead of the good news story, I might be here longer today than my normal talk, right? But is it really the facts or is it the story we tell about the facts that are important. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because what were the facts in the case of our room with a view? Well, the facts were simply that we checked into a place where we had a different set of expectations than what we had actually paid for. Now, that's the only fact. Now, initially, my boyfriend at the time, totally outraged. We've been cheated. We've been bamboozled, right? But that actually wasn't even the fact. If the travel agent had paid more attention to the, the, the room descriptions and things like that, right? The hotel wasn't hiding anything. There wasn't some conspiracy here. It was just something that happened. Our expectations were one thing, and the reality, the facts were sort of different. It was us that got to choose how we were going to tell the story about it. Once we dismissed the old story... Gosh, we had lots of options to us. If we had wanted to pay more and upgrade to one of the deluxe ocean view rooms, we could have, right? We had options here. We were not forced to be in some substandard room. And as soon as we began telling a different story, how quiet our part of the hotel was, how large our room was. We had a sofa in our room. None of the tower rooms were large enough to have a little sitting area. It was like we were in a little suite. And it was sweet as soon as we made that little shift in our head. So today, of course, what I'm talking about is the difference between the facts and what we tell ourselves, our story. We all have that option of a room with a view. We all have that option of the good life. And it's often separate from actually what happened. Now, this was a year when a lot of what I would say negative things have happened, and, and, and I'm not trying to gloss over the negative impact of some of the things that happened this year, but what's the story we're telling about it? What's the availability of maybe reframing this picture a little bit, of seeing the, the nice view despite some of the facts around it? Well, I think it's time for my joke. 
So circa 1850, Brazil had large stretches of untouched land. Remote locations and outposts were used to trade with some of the local tribes. Two salesmen, shoe salesmen, left Rio de Janeiro to do some exploratory market research up the Amazon River. Both were adventurous, but they represented different companies and had very different approaches to sales. Shortly after arriving at the first outpost, one of the salespeople sent this telegram to their company. Returning on next boat, stop. No opportunity here, stop. Natives don't even wear shoes and no interest, stop. The other salesperson, however, sent this telegram. Urgent, stop. Send any back stock you have, all sizes, stop. Natives are barefoot. <laughs> Same set of facts, right? But someone saw an opportunity where someone else saw a limitation. Well, I'd like to, to share a game with you. And, and it's right out of the book. For those of you who have purchased the book, you'll recognize this. Well, they don't portray it in the book like a game, but you know me, I'm kind of fun-loving. And I think we could almost make a game of this. So I wrote down some of the things that I felt about this particular year. And I'll start by sharing those with you. First of all, I felt like I was trapped for months. It felt, especially at the beginning of the year, like to go out represented some strange danger in the world that I was unfamiliar with. Now think about it. That was back before I could get vaccinated. That was back before uh, we knew a lot about the, the pandemic and, and COVID-19. It was back in a time when, uh, when arguably it was more dangerous to be out. And so one of the things I wrote down was I felt trapped for months. The second thing had to do with politics. I wrote that uh, that 2021 was the year when politics was so crazy and unacceptable that I had to consider moving to a foreign country. <laughs> and I uh, so so laugh with me, but yes, I actually looked up, I have to admit, what the entrance requirements if I wanted to move to, well, New Zealand sounded really dreamy. And so I was looking at New Zealand. Laugh with me, I know. I love being an American, and I think it was probably a crazy idea. But nonetheless, I actually spent probably about a week off and on looking at the idea of retiring abroad. This was also the year I made do with new and weird things because my favorite places and my favorite things were not available. Again, if you look back to the beginning of the uh, the pandemic, a lot of the stores were because of supply chain issues and things like that. I wasn't getting a lot of the stuff I was used to, and I wasn't able to hang out with a lot of the people I like to hang out with. The center here was closed for a good part of the year and, and so on. And then finally, uh, another summary of last year, this, this last year that really bugged me. This was the year we canceled so many plans with loved ones. And I have to say, including Christmas this year, too, in terms of family and friends, um, we're not having a big Christmas at our house. Now, you'll see where I'm going with this. These were my pronouncements around the facts. But first of all, were they really the facts or was it more a story I told? And second of all, it leads up to the game. So the game is called the have to game. 
And it's a game you can play anytime you're telling a negative story about something that happened. So the first thing that you have to do, you simply change your pronouncement, your negative observation. First of all, turn it into a have to. So I did that. I said, this year I had to stay in my house for months. And I said, this year I had to consider moving to a foreign country. And this year I had to make do with substandard places and things. And this year we had to cancel Christmas with family. So the first thing, just be bold, be pugnacious about it. I was forced to do these things against my will. And then the have to game is to replace the have to with different words more positive words. And and honestly, you only have to change just a couple words in a sentence. The easiest ones to do are get to or choose to. And think for a minute about the difference there. Of course, get to implies that maybe you're liking it. Now, I don't want you to lie to yourself. <laughs> this isn't about uh, being Pollyanna and lying about things. But if you really think about the facts, sometimes it is a get to, right? Think about some of the chores we do around the house. I, I have to do the dishes every night. I have to do the laundry once a week. I could actually say get to. I enjoy my time in the kitchen. And although I wouldn't say doing the dishes is my favorite part of it, my favorite part of it is the cooking and the eating, <laughs> I have to admit. But nonetheless, it comes as a piece together. And I pretty much enjoy the whole experience. I really can flip that one to, I get to do the dishes every night. I get to cook. I get to eat. I get to be with my family during the meal. And I get to make the kitchen nice again to use the following day. I get to do those things. That's an easy one for me to switch. But let's say it's something where, no, Larry, you're not going to talk me into saying I get to do that. You're not going to talk me into saying I get to do something that I don't want to do. But what about I choose? Do you see how changing it from I have to, that, that makes me a victim, that makes me at the brunt of society or someone else? But the fact that I choose to do the dishes, the fact that I choose to live in America even when the politics are crazy, the fact that I choose to do what's necessary to keep myself safe when there's a pandemic running uh, rampant, do you see how empowering that is? I could choose not to. It really is my choice. I'm choosing to because I know it's better for me. I'm choosing to because I know it's safe for myself and for other people. I'm making choices that are educated. I'm not being forced into doing something. I always have a choice. And so that's the have-to game. Let me run through my list really quickly here. And I think it even just sounds better. It sounds more empowering. It sounds like I have choices. It sounds like I'm here for the long run, not some miserable little person that, that, that can't make choices or that's trapped. So the first one, I was trapped for months. And I changed that to, I had to stay in my house for months. There's the I had to. And then I switched it to this. This is the year that I wisely chose to limit my trips outside of the home. What do you think? This is the year that I wisely chose to limit my trips outside of the home. 
makes me sound smart, don't you think? <laughs> it takes the edge off of that feeling of being trapped in my home. It's almost something I could say with some pride. I figured out all of the risk variables, and, and before I could get vaccinated, it was a wise thing to do. I like that. The next one, the year when politics went so crazy and unacceptable that I had to consider moving to a foreign country. How about this one? The year that I had fun investigating living outside of the U.S., it was fun, actually. If you've never done it, you know, look up expat on Google. And there are a whole bunch of websites telling you how to do it and the best places to... I swear, even if you have no intention of ever leaving the United States, looking that up on the website and seeing how some people are living out in the world, it was interesting and exciting and kind of fun. So this is the year that I had fun investigating living outside of the U.S., the next one, the year that I had to make do with substandard places and things, right? Here's how I chose this one. This is the year that I chose to try new places and new things and discovered a couple of real gems. So all my favorite restaurants were closed for most of the year. I found some incredible takeout places, places I had never tried before. I went to our own website, cslportland.org, and we have a, a section on uh, social justice. And in there are all of the minority and women-owned businesses in the local Portland metro area. I went to all the black-owned takeout places, and oh my God, I had some fabulous food that I would probably never had sampled if it wasn't for this newness that some of my favorite places were closed for the year. So this is the year I chose to try new places and new things and discovered a few real gems. All right, last one. This is the year we canceled so many plans with loved ones, including Christmas. How about this? This is the year we developed some new Christmas traditions. This is the year that we developed some new Christmas traditions. Now, am I looking forward to having Zoom Christmas with family? <laughs> I am. I am. Of course, it won't be the same as being there in person. But one of the things is the whole family is now getting used to Zoom. And every year there are some people that can't come anyway. Now they can now everyone in the family is familiar enough with the remote technology that we will never have to leave anyone out again. Think of the power of this. And it's true, we're not all going to be in someone's house together, but yet we've built some new traditions around it. In fact, Daniel and I, <laughs> you're going to laugh, he's a little bit of a video game uh, buff. He likes the Dungeon and Dragons-y kinds of video games. We went to Guardian Games the other day, and, and they have ones that you can do more like a board game. So we bought one, and Christmas Eve, we're, we're going to play... The Call of Thulu all night long on Christmas Eve. I think it's going to be totally fun. It's going to be totally fun. It's something that will be special for just the two of us. I think it'll be delightful. This is the year that we're developing some new 
Christmas traditions. Well, you can imagine where we're headed with homework, right? Are you willing to play the game for yourself, that have-to game? Nancy, I'll pick on you for just a second. Remember how Nancy, even in the announcement, says this is the year that we just want to be done with. And you could imagine the bullet points under that, right, of all the things that went wrong. And I'm not disputing the facts. I'm not disputing the facts at all. But I bet you can play the have-to game and change it into choose to or other ways of phrasing it that will make this year into something that can be remembered for its positive aspects as well as the things that went wrong. So that's your homework for this week. Play the have-to game and prepare a new, more positive story about this holiday season, about this year, about your experience in the world. And feel free to share it with other people too. Because what I know is when we have a happier story to tell, what does it do? And this, of course, is the whole point of this particular chapter in this book. The whole point of it is when we have a happy story, when we're willing to explore the good things happening, when we tell the story in such a way that even events that were not what we would have chosen are portrayed on their positive light, what happens? Our heart opens, and we're willing and able to give and receive kindness. When my boyfriend flew out of that room to go talk to the the front desk about our room with a view, was he in a position to be kind? Was he in a position to receive kindness? No, not at all. But when we began to tell a different story, When we went to the front desk a few days later and said, you know, I'm really sorry for blowing up at you. This is actually a nice room. It's like got the biggest balconies. It has a a nice sitting area in it. You know, we're so sorry. They sent us a gift basket. Our kindness was repaid, not when we were pissed off, but when our hearts were open. When your heart is open, when you're seeing the good life, the good life is, of course, returned to you. So I want to close today with a final quote from a humankind and a prayer. He says, studies show that when we see the positive more often, we're happier and we're kinder to ourselves and to those around us. We're also much more likely to see opportunities and solve problems. Researchers have found, for example, that physicians, students, salespeople, and toddlers perform better when they have a positive attitude. Luckily for us, we're not locked into a way of viewing the world. We can simply choose to see things more positively. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy. There's only this one thing, and of course it's moving in, around, and through each one of us. That joy of God is our joy. That power of God is our power. That love, that life, that abundance, that sweetness of living, everything that is God is also here in us as us, moving through us. 
And so on this day, I claim that more positive outlook, the ability to tell a more positive story, even around issues that seem perplexing or not what we particularly would have chosen or desired. It is our power to tell the story of our lives in a way that has a happy ending. Truly, we have the power to make our lives what we choose. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I recognize in each one of us that center of co-creation that our thoughts become things. And in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure to have you here with us. Now is our time of conscious giving. If you're online, you might want to go to our website, cslportland.org slash donate. For those of you here in person, I invite you to take your gift or your tithe, whatever it is you've brought to share with us today. If you'd like, you can place it over your heart and just repeat after me. Graciously, I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. Would the ushers please begin receiving the gifts? We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.